Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Mobile State of the Union. Oh, wow, this room's almost full. Um, I remember doing this about two years ago, and uh, we had a half, the room half the size and uh, half the people. So it's good to see that we're, uh, we're growing the mobile space, and that's one of the things that I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I'm not going to be the only one on stage here today. We've got uh, actually uh, more important people. We've got a couple of customers, uh, Ohio Health and Box, who are going to come up and tell us about how they're building their mobile apps using some of the things I'll talk about. Also, uh, we have uh, uh, one of our partners, Kony, joining, uh, joining Box to explain how, how they're working with enterprise customers. And then Mohit, uh, one of my colleagues, is going to join me at the end to do a, a demo so you can see exactly um, some of uh, exactly what I've been talking about in uh, in real life in, in in terms of a demo, so that you uh, you can see it working and how easy it is to actually use. So before I start, a couple of quick questions for you guys: How many people actually have an app, or are thinking of building an app, or have already deployed an app in the room? Okay, you guys are in the right session. Um, and uh, how many of you are actually using mobile ser uh, sort of cloud services in your app right now? Okay, I have advanced users as well. Good. All right, so let's. Uh, so the good news is, um, mobile usage and app usage continues to increase. Uh, right now, uh, over 50% of uh, internet traffic globally is from mobile devices, and 50% uh, of the time that people spend on their devices is using mobile apps, as opposed to watching video or playing games or whatever else. Um, at the same time, we have a number of challenges that mobile app developers face. Uh, one of them being that it takes a very long time on average to build an app, about 18 weeks. So it's a significant investment. And for those of you who have built an app, you will know that it's a significant in investment. Um, also, there's a lot of competition. So getting mindshare for your app and, and you know, getting traction and usage is difficult. Over 4 million apps out there. Um, and then, because of the competition, because of the issues that some apps have in terms of quality and uh, usability and so on, 25% of apps are actually abandoned after first use. So these problems um, are, are, you know, common across what we've been seeing with, with mobile app development and, 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 and challenges that can be addressed. And, and these are the areas which we are tackling with. Uh, some of our mobile tools and services. <clears throat> so, uh, what, I, what I'm going to be talking, to, uh, talking about today uh, falls into essentially these four categories. Um, we are building services in order to create better experiences so, uh, so your users are more engaged. We are building services that will help you deliver better quality apps in a shorter amount of time so that you can get the best return on your investment. And here are you know, some, of the, some of the key areas that we're working on. So first of all, uh, for those of you that went to the keynote or saw the keynote, you will have heard that we launched Amazon Lex today. So uh, intelligence and uh, more importantly also uh, different ways for users to interact with an app. So the, the Lex product enables uh, enables you to create bots, chatbots and um, voice and text. Uh, what we've done is we've added additional capabilities to that to enable you to integrate that into your mobile app. So if you're building an iOS or an Android app, you can actually in integrate voice and chat with AI into that app. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we also um, provide what we're calling essentially frictionless scaling. And, 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 and this is more about how do we make it easy for you to get a lot of your business logic into the cloud and scale it um, without having to deal with servers and uh, uh, scale it according to the needs of your business and how your app is growing? Uh, a lot of uh, business logic which is currently in the, in the client, in the app, um, perhaps doesn't need to be there and there's, there's benefits to it not being there. So we'll talk a little bit about scaling as well. Uh, and, and then key to probably every app is uh, securing your users' data and, and having the trust of your customers. 
uh, and, and finally, uh, user engagement and analytics. And I'm going to briefly touch on these two topics as well. I will say that there's a lot to cover here, so we have a lot of other sessions which we'll point you to. Uh, I'm going to provide a reasonably high-level overview, but uh, there's, there's a lot more detail for those of you who want to dive into any of these topics. So let me start with uh, the multimodal user experiences. Um, and as I said earlier already, we're at the beginning of a, a very fast-growing market. So we have 2.5 billion messaging app users out there. And these uh, users are increasingly starting to use um, essentially chatbots right now. With Alexa, we have the capability to interact via voice. How many people have used Alexa, by the way? OK. Um, and over 1,000 Alexa skills have already been developed. So, so these are Alexa-specific apps to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to essentially provide uh, services, voice-based voice services. And um, one of the reasons we're seeing this adoption is because, and, and you know, interesting statistic here, 33% of all customer support interactions still need a human interaction. And the, and the, the benefit of uh, the Amazon Lex service is more and more of that can be automated, but automated in an intelligent way so that you, know, you don't have to list out every single interaction and how, you know, what utterances people will say. There'll be some intelligence so that um, the, uh, the, the customer who is using the service will not necessarily know whether they're talking to a real person or not. I mean, and, and that, that's, a, that's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, exercise in itself. Building that into the app is what we're going to be talking about today. So when we talk about AI and when we talk about voice and text, at least the, the reaction we've had is, it's actually you know, quite complicated to implement this if, we, if you had to implement it yourself. And one of the things that we've been uh, doing, and we actually launched today with the, with the launch of Amazon, Amazon Lex, is making that UX flow almost disappear. And literally integrating a microphone with uh, a Lex bot is a few clicks. And uh, we're, we're going to show you briefly uh, how, that, how that works. Um, and then the personalization is, is actually one of the key benefits to, to bots. So using an example, let's say I want to order a pizza. Uh, I think we've used this a few times now for those of you in the different sessions. But there's many different ways to order a pizza. I'd like a pizza. I'd like a pepperoni pizza. I'd uh, give me a pizza. Right? There's different ways of asking for a pizza. And if you said any of those three things to a human being, you probably get a, a positive and a correct response to that. Uh, what we're doing with Lex is making that possible uh, from, from the AI. And why are we doing this? We're doing this to, to, to essentially to automate these complex business processes that, um, that companies have to reduce the amount of kind of uh, customer service representation or anything like that, uh, making it easy to scale businesses without having lots of people on the other end of the phone. And because it's voice or text or chat, it's a much more natural way for people to interact. People are used to using Messenger. People are obviously used to talking. Uh, it's much easier than using a touch screen. So this is where the multimodality comes in. So as I've already mentioned, using AWS with Amazon Lex, we can, we can build bots very easily. Uh, with AWS Mobile Hub, we have just launched the feature today, uh, which essentially uh, it provides components and samples so that you can build all of the Lex capability into your mobile app. And as, as an example, we have a, a, a microphone component which you can essentially uh, integrate to. For If you're building an iOS, you can integrate it into your Xcode. You can drag and drop the microphone component literally into your, uh, into your app using, using Xcode. And configure your bot on the service, and essentially you're good to go. I mean, you know, it's, it's really that simple. So if you, guys, uh, if you guys are thinking about voice and chat, you guys should definitely go and check that out, because it's, uh, it's easy to do. One of the things I mentioned at the beginning of this section was business applications and SaaS applications are one of the, the primary use cases that we see around this, where we have call center people. We want to simplify business processes. So we also launched last week uh, SaaS connectors. 
And these SaaS connectors and the ability to create your own connectors for business processes uh, enables you to integrate Lex and the SaaS connectors or your custom process into a single mobile app and build really quite sophisticated voice or chat enabled enterprise apps. So with that, what I'd like to do is uh, invite Salil Verma on stage from Ohio Health, who's going to talk a little bit about their experience and what they've been doing with, uh, with Lex. Thanks, Amit. Can everyone hear me okay? Good afternoon. My name is Salil Verma. I am with Ohio Health. Uh, you're probably asking yourselves, what is an Ohio Health? So that's what an Ohio Health is. Um, we're a large healthcare system in central Ohio, not-for-profit, 28,000 associates, uh, a little over a dozen hospitals at this point, hundreds of physician practices, uh, several dozen ambulatory sites, including urgent care. We're a healthcare system. We provide healthcare. I run our development shops, um, and our goals and sort of ambition are to completely change the way consumers interact with healthcare. Uh, it's, a, it's an ambitious goal. It's lofty. There are tools now that AWS has provided to us that I think can accelerate those efforts dramatically. So I want to show you those tools and talk a little bit about that. Uh, if we can switch to two, please. Um, while we are getting set up here, um, let me just do a quick audience poll. I would like for everyone in the room to think about the most compelling, the most amazing customer experience you have ever had engaging with a company through a mobile app, through a website, digitally, manually, it doesn't matter, automotive, retail. If, if you have in your mind uh, a single great experience as a customer, I want you to raise your hand, please. Raise your hands high if you can think of a really amazing experience. Not a whole lot of people have had amazing experiences. That's a little concerning. So I want those same people who had your hands raised to think about how many of those experiences happened in healthcare. I'm going to suggest that a whole lot of hands don't stay up at that point. Um, we get that. We know that. So we intend to change that. Uh, we're going to bend our discipline and technology to try and make that happen. Uh, so let me show you a little bit about what we've done using some of the, the AWS SDKs and tools that we've been provided. This is, uh, this is our mobile app. Um, I would say that it's, 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 a, it's a pretty good app. It's recently launched. It provides all the cool requisite features you would expect from a healthcare company to make sure that patients and customers engage with us really well. The ability to consume urgent care wait times uh, real time, the ability to interact with your physician, uh, view and digest your results of a lab, blood draw, whatever, um, and then obviously communicate with your physician or find a physician. Uh, I suspect a lot of groups, considering this is mobile, a lot of you have mobile applications. So cool. Here, this is our tool. This is our conduit to engage with our customers. So how do we one-up it? How do we make that experience a lot better? Uh, AWS has provided some amazing tools. And what you can really see, if you take note at the bottom right, is that omnipresent microphone icon. So let's check out sort of what we did to improve the experience. I don't feel well. Sorry to hear that. Do you have a fever? No. Are you experiencing pain? No. Are you experiencing nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea? No. Based on your symptoms, I think you should schedule an appointment with your doctor. Would you like me to schedule an appointment with your primary care provider in your profile? Dr. Jones? Yes. Okay. Based on your calendar availability and your scheduling preferences, I have scheduled an appointment with Dr. Jones for next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Your calendar has been updated. So that's, so that's a start, and that's relatively cool, right? Maybe some head nods. All right, cool. So, so it gets cooler, so I'm glad there's only a few head nods. That means we have room to grow. Um, that intimates that we can, as a healthcare system, take low acuity, that means like simple issues, fever, flu, cold, and we can offload them to, to the intelligence of, of AI um, that AWS provides us through Lex. Uh, what could that do to our business? What could that do for customer engagement? What kind of experience does that create for the customer that they've been expecting out of healthcare? How does that advance our industry? I'd say it's a, it's a really awesome start, and it already accelerates us way ahead. 
What's amazing about these platforms and these tools is the rapid iteration cycles that we can develop within. They are almost faster than we can ideate what's next, but it didn't stop us from trying. So let me show you how we sort of came up with what's next very quickly. I feel sick. Sorry to hear that. Do you have a fever? Yes. Is your temperature above 103 degrees Fahrenheit? Yes. Based on your symptoms, I think you should go to an urgent care. Can I assist you in finding an urgent care? Yes. I've found some nearby urgent care centers at Dublin Urgent Care, Grandview Urgent Care, and Hilliard Urgent Care. I am now directing you to one. Ooh, so Lex grabbed my app and started actioning it for the user. So, whoa, so what does that mean? What could that do for us? Um, the ability to interact with our web services that were custom built um, on our back end are pretty powerful, right? The ability for Lex to then reach back in and move through the app and advance some of the experience for the user for the benefit of them consuming audibly now, visually, uh, what they need to, to get the treatment they need is really powerful. And let's just, we sort of dispense with the whole machine learning piece of it that we did in another session around the fact that we just took a clinical protocol that when your fever is 103 Fahrenheit for more than two hours, it's probably not good to wait for a week for a physician's appointment. We should advance that to a more emergent form of care. There's a lot going on in that experience. Again, like the, the, the rapid iteration ability of the platform uh, enabled us to ideate and build it one step further. So I want to take you into um, a more complex version of that flow that we get sort of more intensely clinical now. But I need to introduce you to a concept in healthcare, and I don't want to make any assumptions about the audience. Uh, those low acuity things like fever and, 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 and nausea and things like that, those are pretty common for healthcare providers to be able to schedule, especially online scheduling. Um, but when you get into specialties or subspecialties like chronic care disease states, think of diabetes, think of cardiac patients, think of COPD. Um, those are a little more dicey, and that's not something you necessarily want to put through online scheduling up till now. The reason for that is, is that there's a clinical focus on making sure that we remove and filter out the most emergent forms um, of, of patient need that there are. We don't want to find ourselves having a, a person having cardiac arrest trying to schedule an online appointment. We need to get them to a more emergent form of care. So docs have been largely unwilling in our industry to move to that space because we had no intelligent way of filtering out emergent from non-emergent and guiding the customer. But now we do. So this is, how our, this is how our approach looked using those SDKs and the services from AWS. I'm having chest pain. Sorry to hear that. Is your chest pain occurring during rest? Yes. I think it is time to go to an emergency room. Can I help you? Yes. I've found some nearby emergency rooms at Doctors Hospital, Dublin Methodist Hospital, and Riverside Methodist Hospital. I am now directing you to one. So, if you take stock, we ended the flow pretty quickly. Why? Because we know from clinical protocol, guidance from cardiologists that work for us, that when you're having chest pain and it's at rest, game over. It's time to get to an ED, right? So we don't mess around. We have that ability. So that was real simple, and that demonstrates sort of the, the simplicity and the need for our physician population to weed out the emergent cases and not direct them down the wrong path. So now let's make it as complicated as possible. This is going to be our last sort of demonstration. And for this, I'm actually going to show you clinical protocol. This is real clinical protocol baked and approved by a cardiologist at our system around how they would handle the series of questions. We've established the value of the platform and, and the machine learning as well as the integration with our app from the patient consumer side. But now I want you to think of it, or excuse me, from the physician side, but now, now I want you to think of it from the patient consumer side. If you've ever been to the physician's office or even a, a specialty, you remember that litany of questions they ask you? This and that, and how's your blood pressure, and do you have diabetes, and how's your family history, and none, and none, and none. It's, 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 it's tiring. 
Uh, we can offload that. We can offload that to the machine in an intelligent way. This workflow demonstrates how that works. So let me show that to you. My chest hurts. Sorry to hear that. Is your chest pain occurring during rest? No. Does the pain get worse with exertion? No. Do you have a history of coronary artery disease? No. Okay. Can I ask you a few more questions? Yes. Are you 65 or older? No. Are you 45 or older? No. Are you male? Yes. Do you have diabetes? No. Do you use tobacco products? No. Do you have high blood pressure or are you on medication for high blood pressure? No. Do you have high cholesterol or are you taking medication for high cholesterol? Yes. Based on your answers, I think that you should schedule an appointment with a cardiologist. Can I help you? Yes. Okay. Based on your calendar availability and your scheduling preferences, I have scheduled an appointment with a cardiologist, Dr. Hart, for next Friday at 1 p.m. Your calendar has been updated. So that represents a more complex workflow where we met the clinical requirement to follow protocol. We grabbed all of that information, and what you saw in that little box that I was showing you at the bottom, that's not just a series of questions. That's a very simple algorithm, right? And, th and there's calculations happening, there's data being written and captured so that we don't have to ask those same questions again, or if we do, we just re-up and confirm the answers from the last time. We're also writing that data then. We intimate that we write that data back to the EMR, to the medical record, for the benefit of the doc and for the benefit of you to consume through your patient portal, our mobile app. So a lot is going on in that risk assessment, but that risk assessment helps us direct you. What I really want everyone to sort of value is the power of artificial intelligence applied to your digital platform. Because that entire flow there is the most complicated thing I, I showed you today. It represents one of the most simple workflows we have for about two or three dozen workflows that represent the mass, vast majority of our scheduling opportunity. In other words, if you're a patient of ours and you want to schedule an online appointment, we just need to build, and we have the data to build, 20 or 30 more workflows like this, offload them to the cloud, and now we have opened up scheduling to a lot of people and still are able to weed out the emergent cases and capture the needs of the patient. So that, that is, uh, that's our demo. Uh, it's a really powerful platform. And the last thing I'd like to close with is just to share with you from my personal experience the value of utilizing these tools um, and the assistance that our AWS friends have provided for us. I mentioned rapid iteration several times. Um, the speed by which we produced everything you've seen here was weeks. And I should use that pluralization of that word very sparingly because it's barely weeks. The microphone element, as Amit mentioned before, that we dropped in uh, that gave the entire access to everything we had built, that was an hour. That was an hour in our native code. Uh, so there was very little work to enable this prototype, and it really tells us that the customer engagement through mobile is going to be um, an enticing new opportunity now using Lex and some of the Amazon SDKs. Thank you for your time. Can we go back to uh, number one, please? Okay, so I'm gonna spend a few more minutes um, talking through a, a couple of other, uh, a couple of the other uh, topics that I mentioned earlier on. Uh, first one I wanna go through is uh, around frictionless scaling. And what I mean by this is, uh, how do you leverage Lambda and API Gateway um, in order to address some of the challenges around um, growing your app and growing your business um, as your user base and your usage increases without having to worry about 
you know, the capacity on the cloud or, you know, do you have the right infrastructure to scale the user authentication or, or whatever else. So, so these, these are some of the things that, that we're going to cover in the next couple of sections. So first of all, um, serverless provides a number of benefits um, and um, for mobile developers, which, uh, which you can take advantage of pretty easily right now. Uh, first one is saving development time. Um, when you're building apps, typically most people build both iOS and Android apps. Um, and most likely, because they're native apps, you build business logic twice. You build it in your Android app and you build it in your iOS app. And probably it doesn't make sense for all of that business logic to be in the app. So one of the things that serverless provides is the opportunity to put some of that business, business logic in the cloud, put an API in front of it using API Gateway, and then essentially use the client on the device to make calls to your API and run the business logic in the cloud. The benefit of that is you can also make changes to your business logic without having to redeploy your app all the time. So you can make improvements and, and uh, uh, add functionality without constantly having to, to update your app. So that's, that's one of the things. The second thing is, um, if you're just starting out and you don't have a huge amount of usage, you probably don't want to pay for having servers in the cloud or, or anything like that. And what Lambda provides is the ability to essentially pay nothing if you're not using it, or to pay according to what you use. And that can grow proportionally to how your business and how your app is growing. Also, you can focus on building features and minimize the operational effort. So again, if you have your own servers, if you host in the cloud, um, you're, you're avoiding all of that, you know, I need to add more service capacity because my app is growing so quickly. And a lot of, a lot of companies that have grown very quickly uh, don't want to think about that. They want to think about their features. So there's a number of very good reasons why uh, serverless makes a lot of sense for, uh, for mobile app development. And just very quickly, I wanted to kind of share how relatively straightforward it is. And I'm going to talk about three particular areas. First of all, it's, uh, you know, with all of the mobile apps uh, that we put in the cloud, we prefer to have uh, a huge focus on security of the data and protecting your customers' data from uh, misuse. And I'm going to talk about Cognito, in, in fact, on the next slide. Uh, but that's on the left-hand side of this picture. So making sure that you have a good way of identifying who is using your app and what services they're entitled to use is, is a key component, and that's something that we have uh, available to all mobile developers through the Cognito service, and I'll, I'll briefly touch on that. The, the main portion of this is the cloud logic. And here, what, I've, what I described earlier, which is you create, a, you create business logic, you deploy it as a Lambda function, you make that business logic available through an API, uh, through API Gateway. The benefit of API Gateway is that it allows you to do a number of things. For example, you can cache, you can throttle, you can audit what customers are doing. You can do all of those things on the server side rather than worrying about what's going on in the, in the client side. Uh, you can also do versioning. So your developers can work on a development version of the API whilst the production one continues to run. Again, it keeps you um, moving forward and improving all the time and being responsive, responsive to your customer needs. And remember at the beginning I said something about taking 18 weeks to develop an app. Well, that's just the initial app. You have to continue to maintain it, continue to add features and so on. And this gives you much more flexibility. Um, and then many apps typically use a number of services, like for example DynamoDB in order to store data, S3 to store files. And, and a, a good use case here is um, if you, if you wanted to do a, a simple use case like reading a friends list from DynamoDB and sending an email uh, to your friends, maybe that was a simple use case in your app, you can build the interaction with DynamoDB, with um, SNS, SES, whether it's email or, 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 or uh, other means. You could build all of that in your app, in your client. Or you could simply build a, an API which says, Give me the friends list and another API that says send a message to these people and build all of that business logic in the back end and then use Lambda to, to essentially interact with DynamoDB and SNS and SES and so on. So the same use case can be implemented in two different ways. With the API Gateway Lambda approach, the client side is much cleaner. You don't have to write so much complex code on Android and iOS. So there's, that's the benefit of this approach. 
So I talked briefly about, um, about user and data security, and I, I wanted to sort of expand on this a little bit because uh, at AWS, we, we believe that you know, protecting your, uh, your customer's trust is, is probably one of the most important things you can do in order to, to keep and grow your user, user base. The challenge with user and data security is actually it's hard. And we've had a number of customers who've come to us and said, we could probably build a custom solution for this, but it's easier if we just call an API and you guys handle it for us. And, and that's really what we're, what we're seeing with, the, with, with our customers. So one of the, one of the, the challenges around, around building a solution like this is uh, you, you essentially have uh, to build not only the, uh, the back end of the service on uh, how are you going to store the authentication and the credentials, but you have to build all of the uh, interaction that enables you to identify who wants access, what access are they allowed to have, what, what access do you want to give them, and you have to build all of that in the client platform itself. So in, in, your, in your client, you have to build all of this um, authentication flow in order to, to do this right. And that's a high development cost. Not, on, you know, not only do you have to build all the infrastructure to store and maintain all that uh, customer information, you also have to build the authentication flows uh, on multiple client platforms. So it's actually hard to do. Um, and what we offer with Cognito is a couple of things. First of all, there's a, there's a user pool service. Uh, and a user pool service essentially allows you to uh, have your own uh, storage for user data. You can essentially have people sign up to your, to your app or to your service, and every time someone signs up, they get added into the user pool, and then you can essentially use that to authenticate and authorize their access. We also offer federation. So for apps that only require a, a Google sign-in or a Facebook sign-in, you can federate with those data stores, and you don't need to store your own user pools. Uh, or for enterprise apps, we offer, S, uh, we offer SAML. So if you want to integrate for your business to employee apps, if you want to integrate and use SAML to um, uh, authorize and authenticate your employees, you can integrate with Active Directory. And that way, you don't have to have a, a separate silo for managing your employees' mobile access. You can have them integrated directly into your Active Directory, for example. And it work, the, the way it works is really simple and straightforward. So on the, on the left-hand side, you have the authentication piece. Um, as I said already, you've got the social identity. Uh, you can use that. You can use user pools, which is your own data store. Uh, and this you can use for both uh, consumers or internal employee apps. And the SAML provides uh, enterprise-level security for uh, integration with, uh, with your uh, internal, uh, internal Active Directory. And on the right-hand side, what this provides is fine-grained access to both AWS resources like DynamoDB and S3 and so on. But also, remember, we talked about those APIs, the APIs, your business logic, the APIs that you created in Lambda or supported by Lambda in API Gateway. Again, it provides fine-grained access to those. So you can create your own business logic, and you, that will be treated in the same way as any of the AWS resources. So you can say, okay, I want this level of access to DynamoDB, and I have my a friends list API, which I want to give this level of access to. And, and that uh, combination of authentication and authorization to use resources is very powerful. You don't really have to build any of this infrastructure. You don't have to scale it. Again, all of these services uh, are essentially scalable because you don't have to worry about the resource management. These are all cloud-based scalable services. So you just figure out what the use cases are and implement them. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about very, very briefly is user engagement and analytics. So once you've got your app and it's working and you've deployed it, a key aspect to being successful and growing your business and growing your usage is to engage the users. Figure out what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how you can make them do more of it. And I, I, I also talked a little bit earlier about the fact that you've got some of your business logic in the cloud. So again, you'll be able to see, you'll be able to audit what people are doing in the cloud, but you'll also want at some point to be auditing what people are doing in their apps and, and figuring out how you can make the app experience better. So we have uh, both engagement and analytics uh, uh, services and offering. Um, we 
kind of the, the reasons you would want to do this uh, is because, again, acquiring customers is expensive. So when you've acquired someone, you want to keep them. You've got to keep them engaged and challenged. Uh, and, and understanding what the users are doing, as I said, is the, is the kind of uh, necessary to, to build the right product ex experience and, and, and improve the, the monetization, or how, whatever, however way uh, you're kind of measuring your success. Having said all of that, I'm not actually going to give you the answer today. So, <laughs> so we have a keynote tomorrow. Everyone who can go should go to the keynote. We have a more detailed deep dive. There's a big announcement tomorrow. I think one of my colleagues in the back is uh, uh, going to make that tomorrow. So I'm not, going to talk, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but this is an important element of uh, building a successful app. And we, uh, we've actually, um, uh, we're actually going to be announcing some, some great new engagement features uh, uh, tomorrow for you guys. So with that, I want to touch on one more topic before I, uh, I invite Box on stage, and that is enterprises. I've talked to, talked to enterprises throughout this session, uh, but there's some specific things that are important for enterprises. So first of all, uh, in terms of um, what kind of apps custom, uh, what kind of apps enterprise customers are looking at, uh, we saw a good example from Ohio Health about business to consumer apps. Uh, but business-to-employee apps are just as important for, for many, many different enterprises. And we've, I mean, what we've seen is that about 61% of apps built by enterprises are targeting employees. That's where enterprises typically start. What we're also seeing is that um, the retail, well, I mean, there's an example here about retail customers, but this could apply to any type of, uh, type of customer using an enterprise app. Uh, in this case, retail customers uh, who, were, who were interviewed and, and surveyed. So they were, they were willing to use mobile apps, for example, in-store to engage with retailers. So you know, if you have in-store offers and you want to get uh, customers to essentially buy more, uh, you would build experiences uh, for, for customers around those apps. So, so that's, uh, that, that's, an, that's an interesting uh, kind of trend we're seeing with enterprise developers. The number of people in this room kind of shows that. Um, and so we've built a couple of things which are important for enterprise developers. Uh, I already touched on, on user authentication with SAML, so that is there. And uh, this, the second area is around business applications. So we've, uh, again, we launched SaaS connectors uh, last week. Uh, this allows enterprises to very easily integrate using API Gateway and Lambda, integrate with uh, services like, for example, uh, Salesforce, or integrate with on-prem on resources. So again, we have the capability to allow uh, mobile apps to essentially use um, API Gateway Lambda in combination with a VPC to connect to on-prem databases or on-prem services uh, so that mobile apps can essentially in, uh, interact with, uh, with, with any kind of data source uh, or service that you have on-prem. So this is a good way also of uh, integrating uh, uh, some of the legacy services that you have, uh, that enterprises have. So I think I, I pretty much covered the custom connect, so I'm going to move on. Um, so here's a slightly more complicated example of, uh, of an enterprise application. Again, you can see kind of familiar elements on the, on the left-hand side. You can see the SAML Cognito int integration, which essentially authenticates the user. Um, in the middle, you can see a couple of scenarios. First of all, they both use the same architectural model, which is API Gateway and Lambda. It's essentially the, the way that you run business logic in the cloud. At the top, you can see that by using a, uh, a VPC, you can connect through the enterprise firewall and access resources that are on-prem. In the bottom scenario, you can see the same structure of API Gateway and Lambda connecting through the internet to your SaaS provider, things like Salesforce or Marketo or something like that. And we have a number of connectors that make that really easy. So that's essentially a very quick spin through some of the, the, the kind of key features that we've been launching, launching over the last two or three weeks. Uh, I want to invite on stage now our, one of our customers, Box, with uh, one of our partners, Kony, who are going to talk through uh, their experience with some of this stuff and uh, what they've been doing with it. Come on up, guys. Um, thanks, Amit. Okay, so, um, all right, so I'm here from Box. 
and we've got Bill uh, from Coney. You're probably familiar with Box as a SaaS application. So, you know, an, the content management application that you give to your employees as a way to wait for them to share content with their coworkers or with external collaborators in your business. What you may not be aware of is uh, Box is built on a set of open APIs that allows Box to be used as a content layer across multiple applications within your business, including custom applications. To the point, in fact, where more than half of our traffic is actually not our first-party apps, but our partner applications and, and custom applications that, that are built on top of Box. And what we're going to show you today is an example of an application that we built with Kony leveraging AWS services, Cognito, um, Lambda, and DynamoDB for a field worker use case. So we're going to walk you through uh, that example we can switch to uh, number three. Great, Th thanks Ross. Uh, so what we're gonna look at is, is uh, actually uh, Ross's uh, uh, mobile device here, an iOS 7 device, and we'll see a live feed of that of uh, our field worker execution uh, order uh, app. All right, so I'm signing in with Cognito. Once I'm signed in, so imagine I'm a field worker who's going on site. I have a list of jobs that I'm responsible for, for looking at. I can, I can view a list of those jobs. I can view those jobs on a map. But I, if I drill into one of those tasks, uh, when you think about the, the, this employee working through, through the task that they're responsible for doing today, they need information about that task that we're pulling out of DynamoDB. They may also need access to enterprise content. So in this case, I'm, I'm fixing a, a part um, I have a defective part here. And just to show you kind of the, the nature of the kinds of content that we can, we can bring up beyond documents and videos and other kinds of things, we've actually integrated uh, Clarify for image recognition. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take a photo of this part that is defective. I'm going to upload this to, uh, to the cloud where it's going to be recognized. And then I'm going to pull back all the related assets related to that object. In this case, uh, I've got, you know, this could be anything. It could be documents, it could be videos, it could be images. In this case, it's actually going to be a 3D model. So I can actually pull back the, the 3D specification of this object, review it from all, in all dimensions. And so as an example of an application that a field worker might use to pull back um, enterprise content into their, into their line of business application. So with that, I'll let Bill explain how we actually built this. Sure. Thanks again, Ross. Uh, let's take a look inside of Visualizer here. If you're not familiar with Visualizer from Kony, uh, Visualizer is a complete uh, visual layer that uh, integrates seamlessly with our mobile fabric uh, offering as well. And here you can say, see that we, we've uh, kind of laid out a, uh, an exact replication of what you saw on the uh, iOS 7 device. So um, as a developer, I have the ability to um, essentially manipulate any any object here. I'll click on the Clarify logo. I'll click on the uh, actual camera widget. You can see here that I can manipulate look, the skin, uh, any type of uh, attribute associated uh, with the object whatsoever. It's a, it's a very easy way to develop. And in developing uh, in this type of environment, uh, we can build for any platform. So we can build for iOS. We can build for Android, Windows. Uh, even the web. So um, extending applications is also uh, very, very easy. So if I, um, if I essentially um, go up to my forms uh, area and I create a new form, we talked about um, uh, composable services uh, earlier. So if I lay in a new flex form, simply grab out of my collections area uh, a uh, Cognito service, I can lay that in, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but it said that it was uh, basically unpacking all the dependencies. So together with that particular component, uh, we also instantiate the business logic, uh, the programmatic logic, et cetera. Uh, a developer is free to, uh, to place that anywhere they, they like, uh, et cetera. But using it is as easy as dragging and dropping it. And then uh, uh, it, you know, if you need to further wire it to different services, you can use simple JavaScript to do that. So if we look behind the scenes here, at some of the code, you'll notice, uh, first of all, that uh, we're, we're using JavaScript to actually call uh, AWS services. So in this case, we're, we're uh, essentially calling uh, Cognito services from, uh, from JavaScript. We're calling uh, DynamoDB services from, from JavaScript. Uh, and in fact, um, we're using Lambda to orchestrate the entire call up to the Clarify layer. So if we see uh, further down here, uh, we see something called onTakePicture. Right? Well, on take picture is an event that is wired directly to that camera widget. And, and when we do that, uh, we actually uh, 
call a routine called predict. And predict is, is basically a routine that is uh, fronting, front-ending inside this logic, the Lambda service. So um, uh, predict logic, uh, I'll just fast forward to the predict logic here, is invoking the Lambda service with a base64 encoded image. It implements a result callback so that we can get the status back from the, uh, the actual uh, uh, call itself. So that's as easy as it is. Invoke Lambda here, you can see, is just, you know, basically 10 lines of code. Right, so um, it makes it very easy, like I said, to uh, develop a cross-platform. So all of this code that you see here is applicable to um, all the different platforms: iOS, Windows, Android, etc., and produces a completely uh, native application uh, when we build it. Right? Okay. All right. So can we switch back to the slides? Switch back to the slides. Uh, the main one. one. Thanks. Okay, so just to reiterate what we just saw. So we saw first an authentication through Cognito. Uh, once the once the user is authenticated, we're making a call out to Lambda to, with a once the photo's taken with the app, we're taking a call, making a call out to Lambda, which then sends that image to clarify. The result comes back. Uh, from clarified back to that same Lambda function. We now resolve using DynamoDB from the, the data we get back from clarify to, a, uh, to an object in Box. And we're going to now call out, uh, call out to Box to fetch an access token for that, for that related content. So in this case, it was a 3D model, but it could have been anything. It could have been any enterprise content that we want to associate with that, with that job. And now that, um, now that token comes back to the client, for, back to that Lambda function, and then gets delivered down to the web app, or to the mobile app, which now can render that content into, into the application. So we've built this application using uh, you know, AWS services, rapidly developed using the Kony Visualizer, and with the enterprise content in that application securely delivered through Box. Thanks. So, so just to summarize, what, what you saw basically in, in terms of uh, AWS was a number of different composable services. Uh, that we wrapped in. We wrapped in uh, Lambda as an orchestration service that uh, essentially uh, allowed us to orchestrate to both Clarify and DynamoDB. You saw Cognito services on the front end, uh, basically authenticating it. So all those composable services wrapped into the, the, the Kony Visualizer uh, platform. And that Visualizer platform was really what made it so easy uh, to code in and to deliver a cross-platform omni-channel type application. And the Box uh, platform API, uh, delivering uh, both uh, the 3D content, and as, as Ross said, it could be anything. It could be a schematic, it could be a, a video, uh, a help video to get somebody uh, the right kind of information to actually solve the problem, um, and, and delivered that securely. Not only that, but also uh, the 3D rendering capability was also a box capability as well. We instantiated that as a JavaScript object inside of a, uh, a browser widget uh, directly in Visualizer. And the, the whole implementation that you saw here with the Clarify functionality, the Lambda functionality, the DynamoDB functionality, and the Cognito services is something that we built in, in just a, a couple of days. So uh, an amazing kind of uh, an application for just a couple of days uh, activity. So um, essentially, come see us. Uh, we're in the Box booth. Box booth is 2641, yep, 2641. Right? And, and get a free uh, copy of Visualizer, um, a, a trial copy of Visualizer. Uh, it's on the AWS Marketplace. I think we just announced that today, right? Is that today? Uh, so come by and see us. Uh, we can demo more, and uh, you can get your hands on something that can really turbocharge your development activities. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. 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 All right, so we've been spending a large part of this talk talking about the cloud services that you can use within your mobile application. We're going to pivot a little bit now, and I'm going to focus on the tools that we offer uh, to make it easy to build mobile applications that include those cloud services. Uh, I'll first talk about AWS Mobile Hub. Show of hands, have folks heard of it, used it? Okay, small, small number of people. So when Amit talked about the services, as part of that talk were a number of best practices and patterns. 
for how you can implement common use cases. And in a nutshell, that's what AWS Mobile Hub is really about. You pick the features that you want in your mobile application, and Mobile Hub automatically provisions that backend per the best practices and those patterns that Amit talked about. It also generates iOS and Android code, fully functioning code for you, to make it very easy for you to bridge your iOS and Android application with uh, the backend cloud services and those backend patterns. Under the cover, the sample code or the quick start code that we generate uses our mobile SDKs. In addition to the iOS and Android SDK, we have a number of other SDKs, uh, JavaScript, Xamarin, React Native, and Unity. And these SDKs make it easy to connect to those backend services in a faster way as compared to using the REST API directly. You know, both when you're developing your app and as you roll out your app to production, very likely you want to test your app on a variety of devices. Perhaps there might be a device-specific issue that you can't really figure out by just testing on a subset of devices or a subset of operating system versions. And that's what we offer with AWS Device Farm. It's literally that. It's a farm of devices in an AWS cloud, um, all kinds of devices, Android and iOS, different operating system versions. And there's really two use cases. Uh, the first one is while you're actively developing. So imagine you're sitting in Xcode or Android Studio, and you want to actively test the code that you're running against on a device that you maybe don't have on your desk, or maybe you just don't want to launch the emulator on your machine because it uses too much CPU. And that's really what the goal is with remote access, to give you access to our devices that we run in the cloud, almost as if they were just you know, on your desk and, uh, and available for you to use. The automated testing scenario is for the case where, okay, I do a check-in. As part of the check-in, I want to have a gate to make sure that that application works on a variety of devices, not just a device that I happen to have on my desk. And with the automated testing feature, you can provide your own tests using a variety of test frameworks uh, to have those tests run and you know, use them, for example, as a check-in gate uh, before your code actually gets accepted into source control. So with that, I'm going to go right into demo. I'm going to show you how you can use Mobile Hub to build one of these enterprise patterns uh, that Amit had showed us uh, a bit earlier. Okay. Sorry, a little, I don't want to destroy this Mac, this beautiful Mac. Okay, can we switch to laptop four, please? All right. So what I've done here is I've gone straight into the Mobile Hub console. If you go to the new AD, the revamped AWS console, you'll see Mobile Hub right on the landing page. So I'm going to go ahead and call this uh, mobile app reInvent and create the project. And you see here right away what I was talking about. A number of those use cases are captured here. User sign-in, uh, cloud logic. Uh, Amit also talked about uh, connectors. And here you see uh, conversational bots. These are use cases that might combine one or more AWS services. So I can go ahead, for example, and pick user sign-in, which is powered by uh, Cognito. And I have a number of choices here, all the ones that I've mentioned today. I can uh, do email and password-based sign-in using user pools, meaning an identity system that we fully manage for you in the cloud. Or you can choose to federate with social providers uh, or SAML. If I pick email and password, I get a number of options. I can choose how I want my users to log in. I can choose whether I want MFA or not. I can choose requirements around passwords. Um, sorry. And um, my bad. And um, I can create the user pool in just a few in just a few seconds. Uh, and imagine the alternative. Without a service like this, all this code, all this logic, has to be baked into your app. If you're using Node.js or ASP.NET, you would. Alternatively, you have to include all of this stuff in your Node.js or ASP.NET uh, backend. I also have the option to configure more features. I'm not going to go through all of them just in the interest of time, but I can pick CloudLogic and create that API gateway and Lambda pattern along with a VPC that might connect to an on-premise resource. And that's what you see here. And we help you understand the architecture right inside Mobile Hub as well so you know what you're creating. Uh, <clears throat> or I can go to connectors, and again, with that same architectural pattern that Amit talked about, I can provision API gateway on top of a variety of, uh, of SaaS providers. 
And then we keep the amount of configuration as low as possible. The only parameters I have to provide here are those that really enable uh, the, the generated code that we give you to work and enable the auth flow and connect to the underlying SAS provider. <clears throat> Once I've configured all my features, I can navigate to the integration tab. And there's two choice, there's two ways of, of learning how to integrate these backend features and these best practices into your app. Uh, the first way you can do it is with a fully functioning app. Um, so I can go ahead and click download sample app if I have Android selected, which I'll go ahead and do that right now. I get a zip file, which is a real Android Studio project. And likewise, if I pick Swift or Objective-C, I would get a real Xcode project. Um, if I'm integrating into an existing app, I also have the option to integrate those features use, you know, manually, and we walk you through the steps for doing that, both on iOS and Android. As much as possible, we're moving in a direction where we give you components that are inclusive of UI and the SDK. So even if you are manually integrating, as the Ohio uh, Health Demo illustrated, it's a few lines of code. So once I've done that, I can launch the app. And you'll see I have access to all the same features immediately that I configured, uh, configured in Mobile Hub. So as an example, I can sign in using that Cognito user pool. And in a few seconds, I should be logged in. Yep, login succeeded using user pools. Once I'm logged in, I can try out some of the other features. So for example, if I go to CloudLogic and I provisioned an API using API Gateway Lambda, I see it right here. And I get all the different operations I can perform on this API right inside the, the app. So for example, if I wanted to do a get operation, I can either do a get on the root path or I can do a get on the, a child path and uh, see the result. And of course, this is not literally the UI you would build into your app, but we try and give you as much as possible. So the delta between this and what you would actually include in your app uh, is small. And you see we're giving you UI in addition to the underlying logic. And finally, for those SaaS connectors, I configured Salesforce. So when I click on demo. If I'm not yet logged into Salesforce, we show you exactly how to do the auth flow. We'll prompt you for credentials. I log in. Okay, uh, we prompt you for the right level, the, yeah, the right uh, scopes. And I can now actually try out the API. So what we do is we take one object per, um, per SaaS provider, and we, sh we show you how to do CRUD on it. And you would obviously, you could replicate the same, same idea across multiple objects. All right, so with that, let me flip back to slides. Uh, that would be number one, please. All right, so I want to call your attention because like Izambis mentioned, this is a survey session. I want to definitely call your uh, attention to, uh, to summarize what we talked about and then some of the related sessions that will be valuable. Uh, so today we talked about a rich set of cloud services. Uh, multimodal user experiences, scaling, auth, uh, analytics, uh, and an enterprise. We talked about the tools to help you build. And uh, I also want to draw your attention to a place where you can get started, aws.amazon.com slash mobile. Really, everything we talked about is well documented there with pointers to deeper content. And on most of these things, uh, you're lucky. The sessions are actually upcoming. Uh, they, they haven't yet completed, so you can, you can go deeper on any of the things we talked about today. Uh, on Thursday, we're going to show you how to really go deep on building one of some of those Ohio Health type of scenarios, voice and text uh, inter interfaces on top of Amazon Lex. Uh, that that sort of a secret session that Amit told you about is, is is also tomorrow following the keynote. That's around user engagement and, and analytics and, and targeting. Uh, if you're interested in hybrid and web, so some of the stuff that Coney and Box were talking about, we have a session on that. And then uh, finally, we have a deep dive on Mobile Hub. So I just give you a very fast survey. We have a deep dive on how to really use Mobile Hub for enterprise use cases, how to implement lots of those best practices and patterns that I talked about, but also the end-to-end -end life cycle. 
Like if I want to use Mobile Hub to enable my development team to publish APIs and Lambda functions, how do I do that in a way while also making sure I'm not stomping on production and I have a deliberate rollout process to production? So we'll talk in that session not just about the patterns but also the full, the full life cycle. Okay. So with that, I think I'm just out of time, exactly at, at, at 3 o'clock. So I want to give you a, a big thank you. Uh, I know we had a lot of material in just an hour to cover. So please feel free to stay for a few minutes after the session, come up and ask us questions. We really appreciate your time. We're ex very excited to see such a large, a large attendance, um, and we hope to see you around. Uh, please do remember to complete your evaluations. Thank you.